Hey, welcome back to The Holler. I'm Justin. TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. We also have all of these other hollers hollering across the state. That's thanks to your support. So I really do appreciate that. Your small dollar monthly donations keep us going. Special shout out to Lisa Parker for her support. If you're buying or selling a home here in Middle Tennessee, do it through her. That's a way to support us. Abby Rubenfeld, if you need a lawyer, very supportive of us. Today, we are going to talk to a friend of ours who is running for Congress, who most of you probably know if you follow us. Senator Heidi Campbell is running for Congress in Tennessee's 5th District, which happens to be where I live. I know you're dealing with a family issue right now. National News picked up what's going on with your husband having stage 4 cancer. So very sorry to hear that. What can you tell us about what's going on right now? Yeah, you know, I um, certainly did not mean to make a federal case of it. <laughs> this took us by surprise, and we are going to fight it. I just walked around the ward with my husband four times and was so happy that he's up. And this is the first step and a long journey of, I guess, what we would call cancer culture. I made that up. I had never heard that. It's all about love. Well, I'm glad to hear he's up and at him and please keep us posted on that. Let's talk a little bit about your race. Obviously, it's the fifth district. People need to check what district they're in. There are some shenanigans going on in your district and Odessa's district and Randall Cooper's district. They may be getting the wrong ballots. What have you heard from the Secretary of State's office and you know what can people do to just prepare? I mean, disconcertingly, I've heard different numbers from a lot of people. The Secretary of State told me 133 people in my district, but I've heard a range from 44 to 1,000. Differential in those numbers is is alarming. It puts us in a horrible position, of course. We're in the middle of an election. We certainly don't want people to not vote because they don't think the elections are safe. Pretty complicated quandary, but what it does tell us is something we already know, which is that our democracy is in trouble. We cannot emphasize enough to anybody out there who needs to hear this, that you need to go vote if you have not voted because democracy itself is on the line this cycle. Republican opponents in all of these races in Middle Tennessee are supporters of the big lie, do not have any interest in supporting your personal freedoms. Right. It's always tough when it comes to these things because screwing them up shakes people's confidence in them, which in turn leads to less and less faith in them. So it's almost like they get an A on the test for failing. You know, that's why I call Trey Hargett the Secretary of Voter Suppression. We've been at the bottom in voter turnout for so long. You would think somebody might be like, hey, we should replace this guy. He's not fixing it. But the truth is, that's what he was sent there to do. And right. there's a lot of finger pointing going on about whose fault this is. Was it Davidson County? Was it the Secretary? of State. All roads lead to Trey Hargan in the Secretary of State's office. Republicans, because they're in control of the state, control elections even in blue areas. And you can also go back to the way they gerrymandered the districts and drew lines through precincts and created confusion that way. It all adds up to a mess created by a Republican supermajority that wants to undermine faith in democracy and frankly doesn't really even believe in democracy. You just pointed out that we have election deniers running all across the state. This is the core tenet of their platform is basically fascism. 
Is it going too far to say that? No, it is not going too far. We have actually been downgraded in our country on international indices from a backsliding democracy to an anocracy. And that's exactly what an anocracy is, a democracy that has elements of fascism starting to, to enter into it. You are absolutely right. Awareness across this state and this country of the degree to which we are facing a downfall of our democracy is really, really uh, variable. And I don't think there are enough people that understand the extremity of the situation that we're facing. And all you have to look at is the activist Supreme Court that we've got in place right now to realize that the plan is to make sure that elections are no longer relevant. Seems like when we talk about this, people write it off as we're being alarmist. I know. It's like, what more do you need to see? You've had an attack on the Capitol. Look at Brazil, what's going on there right right now where mm -hmm. Bolsonaro lost and won't concede and you've got Bannon telling him he can't concede. Trump is obviously a buddy of his down there and you've got entire towns getting together outside military buildings and flashing Sig Heils and Nazi salutes. We are in a very dark place globally right now is happening here in Tennessee. You can bring it down to the state level by looking at what's going on with our public schools right now. Hillsdale and evangelical hedge fund schools, the plan to privatize our entire public education, indoctrinate our children at the same time, which is the antithesis of educating them, is a huge part of that. And anybody who's ever spent time in an autocratic country, those are sort of the checklist points. You know, you make sure that you're indoctrinating people, you take away women are the first on the chopping block. And, you know, for people out there who think that that was a one-off, Clarence Thomas made it very clear to us that there was a whole deep bench of stuff behind that. I mean, we have gay marriage on the chopping block next. My opponent, Andy Ogles, has said he wants to go after gay marriage next. Inevitably, we'll, we'll be going after contraception. God help Clarence Thomas if we go after mixed marriages. This is what happens when democracies fall. And I think people um, have a sense of complacency. Let's just watch extreme Andy Ogles for a minute here. This administration is a criminal enterprise that's destroying our nation and they have an agenda. I should be clear, he's talking about Biden, not Trump, because he'd be right if he was talking about Trump. They can destroy the family. They can poison our children. They can steal our constitution. They take us closer and closer to socialism, which is what they want. Well, I've had enough. Yeah. This administration, Biden and Pelosi and Kamala, my orcas, they're guilty. They need to be impeached and run out of office. If you're surprised to hear that, you shouldn't be. Him saying it is one thing. The cheer that it elicits from the audience, it, it's pretty shocking to hear that. And the word salad of they're poisoning our children to steal our constitution, blah, 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 socialism, a mad libs of fear mongering and, and fever dreams. People need to know how extreme Andy Ogles is. That's the main point there. What do you think when you hear that? I mean, the thing that's so amazing to me about watching all of these clips, but I felt this way about Trump too, is if you, if you were able to somehow take me through a vacuum and drop me into that thing and I had no idea who that guy was or what was going on at all, I would definitely watch that guy and say he's full of it. Totally disingenuous. He's full of crap. Everything about him, his cadence, his body language, he's full of it. It's interesting to me that people watch that and find it compelling. But you know, that language, people joke about it, but it's actually terrifying because of where it's leading. At that event, there were Proud Boys and my husband's response to being in that room was it was just a room full of hate. I was there. He's not wrong. Clay Travis spoke 
failed comedian Ted Cruz spoke, Andy Ogle spoke. Their focus was transphobia, fear-mongering about immigrants, fear-mongering about inflation that they had no solutions for, which is a global issue. It was. It was It was really just a lot of hate and venom. How has your experience been on the trail? What kind of conversations have you been having with people who aren't going to vote for you? What I'm really saying is that we're not going to get anywhere by feeding the divisiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to have conversations with people who are so far gone, which is pretty much everybody in that room. But what we do have is a huge number. And we know this because we've looked at the data, people in sort of the persuasion universe who are also not comfortable with the extremity of a lot of those views. And those people, if they feel like you are automatically writing them off and judging them, stamping them with you're a bad person are not going to listen to us. And we as Democrats have not done a great job of messaging. I mean, the truth of the matter is economic perspective, we are so much better for this country. But yet, we have allowed that message that we are not fiscally responsible, that socialism message to take hold. There's never going to be anything good coming out of continuing to bombastically fight with each other. We need to act like adults. If people aren't going to listen to our adult message, then let's move on to people who will. We are genuinely wanting to support everyone. And that's what they won't do. Stop calling them them. Seriously, it's us. The real enemy here are corporations that have conned a bunch of people into thinking that they're supporting people who will help them when they're really voting against their own self-interest. They are caught up in a grift. We want to represent all of the taxpayers. The challenge is they're hooked into Fox News in a right-wing echo chamber constantly. So many of the things that we want to try to have a discussion about These are just things that they take for granted at this point. We are groomers that are trying to come and poison their children and turn all their kids gay. I guess my takeaway from that room is just a general dread of where things are headed. And we do need to keep talking to each other and find the people that are willing to listen. But there doesn't seem to be too much of a willingness to listen in that room. Right. It's kind of like triaging a patient. We are in an emergency situation. In the final analysis, what we really need to do is save democracy so that we can actually pass the John Lewis Act so that we can actually make it so people can vote. These state houses, as you know, being a state senator, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road for democracy a lot of the time. This is where congressional districts get drawn. This is where state districts get drawn. So people are so focused on national races, federal races, presidency. They don't look at these state races. We are really far from a representative democracy already at this point. It's kind of hard to see how we come back from that until people start actually focusing where the focus needs to be, which Republicans have been doing for a really long time. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, they've been working on this for 50 years. The Southern strategy didn't happen overnight. You know, in 2008, we were a democratic state. Democracy is hard work. I think a lot of people do this, you know, both sides are bad thing and the whole thing is a mess. And, you know, what I would say to them is, you know, they're already in a state where a trigger ban's been passed. That has affected us in ways that people don't even realize yet. And I know that there are doctors that are leaving our state because of that. That will start to impact all of us personally. When you make that decision to leave or to not come, which I think we're getting scratched off a lot of lists, like, Be vocal about that. You know, let people know Tennessee is not on your list anymore so that we understand what impact it's having. Be vocal about that. And then you talked about, you know, the both sides of it. And, you know, that's something that I give this guy Gapper some grief for who comes and watches, doesn't agree with me about a lot of things. You know, we talk about the Fox News effect 
on the right. And he's like, well, the same thing is going on for people that watch MSNBC and CNN. I get so frustrated with that. It's because, yes, there are people who watch MSNBC and CNN, but the difference is one deals in facts and one station does not. And yes, there's a slant. There's a slant to the holler. But we don't lie. Fox News peddles bullshit on a regular basis. You know, I think we really need to talk directly to people who try to both sides everything and say, you are running cover for a group of people that is is really up to no good when you do that. Well, and when I have those conversations with people, I tend to find that they're inured to that, that they don't care about whether or not the information is factual or not. I cannot imagine how we can possibly have any society where we don't at least agree fundamentally on what truth is. And that's been the goal is to assault facts and truth, make it feel like they don't exist. That's how you slip into a dictatorship and autocracy. Exactly. Both the sides thing- think they own the truth. Yeah, but if you you can't see the difference, Gapper, then that's on you at this point, my friend, and I'll deal with you later. But thank you for watching. Uh, before <laughs> before I let you make your closing argument here to people, encourage them to go vote. Obviously, the election is coming on Tuesday, so I hope you voted already. If you haven't, please go do that. Since he has refused to debate you, and you have wanted to since the beginning, he was asked, do you support a national abortion ban? And this was his slippery, slimy answer. Your opponent has said that you support a national abortion ban. Is that true? Well, the Supreme Court has spoken on that issue and it's referred back to the states. And what people are talking about across the country are immigration, crime, and this runaway economy that is headed towards a recession. If elected and a proposal came across, would you vote in favor of it? Like you said, the Supreme Court spoken on that issue. It's not a yes or no. That's going to be an issue that is decided state by state and every right. state is going to adopt different laws. Not a yes or no. Didn't really answer it. Heidi, let's say that was his debate answer. How would you respond? It's very clear that Andy Ogles is um, actually wanting to take away women's reproductive rights, even in cases of rape or incest. Somebody asked him specifically that question, and he said he thought it was a red herring. I think that's very sad for his daughters. I think that's very sad for all of our daughters, because we know inevitably that this isn't really about um, supporting life. It's about oppressing or suppressing women, and it's misogynist. Absolutely. Having stood there and asked him a couple questions, I, I could sort of see why he won't debate you because he had to have Big Daddy Ted Cruz step in for him <laughs> on multiple occasions. And I don't think he would comport himself that well on a stage with someone like yourself. I think he's chicken shit for not doing it, just like Governor Lee and Mark Green and Tim Burchett and everybody else. And for the people that are going to jump in and say, well, Katie Hobbs isn't doing it in Arizona. You're right. She should. Everybody should debate. I think the people lose when they don't. What would you like to say to people kind of as we head towards Tuesday? Our Republican colleagues always say it matters who leads and they're right. It matters who leads. And I can just tell you that the guy that I'm running against wants to eliminate completely Social Security, wants to eliminate the Department of Education. He said after he got elected in the primary, the first words out of his mouth is we are at war. We are a white Christian nation. I know that the people in all of District 5 would be absolutely appalled if they knew what the plan was. If Andy Ogles gets elected, it could not be more important for people to get out and vote. To you 18 to 24 year olds out there, you guys need to go vote. You could wake up in Gilead on Wednesday. And that's an incredibly extreme thing to say, but I am just telling you it's true. You need to get up and you need to go vote. It matters. Senator Campbell, good luck to you. All the best to your family and your husband. And thank you for joining us here. And and, uh, we'll see you on the other side. Love your show. Thank you. That's Senator Heidi Campbell running in 
my district, the fifth district, against a extreme dude, Andy Ogles, racist meme he posted about the leader of North Korea. My wife is half Chinese. I take great exception to that. Celebrating the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg right when she died, calling the pandemic fake as tens of thousands of Tennesseans and millions of people died. And then, of course, there's that Christmas card with his kids with a bunch of guns. I think you can see who this guy is, wants to impeach Biden. He's a very extreme guy. And that's why he hasn't been willing to debate, believes that he can just slither through based on the strength of the letter next to his name. And I think that's an insult to Tennesseans. I think it's an insult to voters in general. It's an insult to Republicans. And it shows how little he thinks of himself. They think, oh, I'm going to get on a stage and make a fool of myself and cost myself the election. What does that say about how you think about yourself? It's chicken shit. Governor Lee, same thing. Tim Burch, same thing. Mark Green, Dan Harshbarger, John Rose, Desjardins, Kustoff, down the list. You know, we've seen debates in Florida with DeSantis, Texas, Abbott, Oz, Herschel Walker. I mean, they've all debated and we haven't had one here in Tennessee. So we have a special kind of, I'm going to keep saying it, chicken shit, cowardly, anti-democracy group of Republicans here in Tennessee. They are election deniers. But just to go back to this whole both sides thing, you say both sides think they each own the truth. And I don't think anybody is saying CNN doesn't get things wrong. I also don't even think both sides are saying that Republicans have a monopoly on political violence. But look at the reactions when they happen, making fun of Paul Pelosi, peddling disinformation. At the, at the top, Trump and his son doing this. You don't get that on the left. You don't have Biden making up bullshit about what happened to Scalise or Obama, that kind of thing. Generally speaking, I find when Democrats get called out, they're willing to, to say I was wrong. We don't see that very much on the right. Nobody's perfect. No party's perfect. There are plenty of things about Democrats now, which I didn't even support Biden in the primary. But we're in a place right now where one party has fundamentally jumped off a cliff into theocratic, fascist, anti-democracy, cult-like behavior. And to say, oh, well, both sides do it, you're just excusing it. You're helping run cover for it. And they just attacked the Capitol or incited an attack on the Capitol. They are running for office all throughout this country for secretary of state positions, governorships, election administrators. They are coming to make us into a country where they only accept the results they like. Too many people have fought and died to protect the right to elect our representatives in this country for us just to like accept that and write it off as, oh, both sides do it. And I think it's really important to have this conversation because frankly, the people that were in the room at that Andy Ogles rally, I, I don't think I can reach in the next five days. But the people that are willing to jump on this show and have this conversation. Like, I think I can maybe have a conversation with you. It isn't both sides equally. It's not. And I need you to hear that and understand it. And I'm not just talking to you, Gapper, because the reason I'm having this conversation is because I don't only have this conversation with you. I have it with my family members, my friends, with people that follow us on Twitter, in our inboxes. I just think it's important to point out that, yes, both sides are flawed, but not equally. Not equally, not in this moment. There may come a day where things flip and, you know, we need to hold Democrats to that account. They are the ones in the supermajority here that are, you know, running roughshod over democracy in Tennessee. But we are a theocracy in Tennessee already, right now. This has happened. And you have a bunch of people who are no longer responsive to people. And they are arrogant about it. And they are laughing at the voters of Tennessee when they don't debate 
when they hide from people and when they rob us of the ability to even just hear what they have to say. I hope if nothing else, that pisses you off enough to make you vote against them. I don't want to live in a theocracy either, Chelsea, but I've been paying pretty close attention to this state for four years now. As close attention as anybody I would offer. I don't think anybody has watched more committees, floor sessions, been up there as much, other than people who are actually on the committee. I'll put my amount of ingestion of this stuff up with anybody's at this point. And here's the thing about it. Just ask them, why are you here to serve? They will tell you why they're there. They're there to serve Jesus. They're there because they think it's a Christian. Ask them. Ask Jason Zachary why he's up there. Ask Mark Green what he's doing. They will tell you. And that's where we are. And they need to be held accountable because it has real impact. How does it have real impact? For example, Mark Green stood in a Brentwood church a few years back and said that he opposes government programs because suffering brings people closer to God, helps people know God. And he doesn't want people turning to the government because it keeps people from God. That's an extremist, zealot thing to say. And he led the fight to block Medicaid expansion in Tennessee, which kept 300,000 people without coverage. And we are at the bottom in medical bankruptcies, poverty, infinite maternal mortality because of that, because of this man's zealotry. And these are the people who control our state. I am not speaking hypothetically. I'm not being alarmist. I'm telling you the truth. And we support it with video, with links, with evidence, with facts every single day, constantly. So if you don't hear it yet, it's because you don't want to. And I hope we're making sense to somebody out there. And I hope that you'll get out and vote. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee.